Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed first time you've been praised by the director, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed Modesty Straw, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed Beast Mode, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premiere anime podcast where we're talking about the Evangelion Rebuild movies, this week focusing on Evangelion 2.22, You Can Not Advance. Not in parentheses, period after advance. Yeah. Sounds like what I heard when I tried to get into advanced study at UCB. So, this is the second of <laughs> four Rebuild of Evangelion films. You know, I got in eventually. Which were, I, I guess, as, as we talked about last week, you know, the first one is kind of a, a pretty straightforward, uh, strict to the source, uh, like, retelling of the first quarter or so of the series the original series and here is where we start to see some deviations notably toward the back end but it is also it is kind of following that same template of retelling the events that were told in the uh, television series yes. yeah if 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 you think of the show as a, a, a stream of media a stream of information um if you think of the show as a stream of information, this is the one where there starts to be a little bit more noise in that stream. You've got the introduction of completely new characters. Uh, there's entirely new plot points. And it ultimately ends in a climax that did not ever happen in the show, which is very different from Evangelion 1.1, You Are Not Alone. We're going to get into our thoughts on this particular film and how it ties into this weird experiment of continuing <laughs> and altering the Evangelion franchise uh, via these four features that span about 15 years. But before we do that, <laughs> took a long time for these to come out. But before we do that, you know, let's talk about some other stuff we've been consuming what we've been weebin'. It's what we've been weebin'. The part of the podcast where everybody talks about the thing that they've been watching or consuming like good old capitalists. Little little cogs in the anime machine. I'm Ash Ketchum. Hey, Nick, what have you been weebin'? Uh, Ash, it's fitting to start with me because I decided to make myself even more confused as we're watching the rebuilds and start reading the Evangelion manga. You. Uh, and here, here's what I'll say. I do really like, I mean, it, it's just like the core story elements are so good that I will, uh, just, just reconsuming you know, the exact same story beats in different formats, I still enjoy. Like, it's just like, oh, this is fun to just read basically the, you know, just to read the, essentially the novelization, the graphic novelization, if you will, of the series. Uh, I like that there's a little bit more internality of the characters and, you know, because that's just the nature of the medium. You can have a little bit more thought and it doesn't feel like, you know, as uh, as annoying as like, say, voiceover might in a, in a TV show or a, sure. or a movie. Um, but I, I just like, overall, I'm just like, oh, this is, this is just, 
this works. I get why this works. And, you know, presented in this different, presented as a series of stills, presented essentially as storyboards of the anime, it still is just like, this is just an engaging story. And uh, the characters are just really, you know, well-drawn, both literally and in terms of their characterization. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to read the whole fucking thing. Why not? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't you? And I'm reading on. And I'm reading on Viz. Oh, nice. Hey. Yeah. Wait on a on a tablet. Yeah, I got myself my little iPad. Nice. Yeah. I'm a big big supporter of the reading manga on a tablet, but I also am a, a big supporter of subscribing to comics in tangible form. So yes, I, get- I like a paper book. I I like a a, a tankoban. You know, if, if I'm a, if I'm gonna look at a fucking volume of manga, I like that. But it is really convenient to have it on the tablet, and it's a yeah. lot cheaper, and yeah. saves a lot more space in your house yeah. too. You know, yep. yeah. It's uh, I intend to also read the the manga as soon as I finish uh, catching up with Chainsaw Man, which is what I've been weaving still. Wow. Um, wow. I, I as I said last week, I finished five, six, and seven. Uh, and I'm basically at the start of this new arc, and I've started uh, eight through eleven have arrived, and I've started eight, and I'm in somewhere in the middle of volume eight. Um, I don't remember like what chapters that lines up with exactly, um, but where we're at right now, I cannot wait to see this in the anime. It is so fucking cool. So exciting. I don't want to spoil anything, but some of these new characters that you come to meet in the second half and some of these new devils are... It's almost like season one is Chainsaw Man and season in, in the second arc, season two, is going to be like super Chainsaw Man. Like It's so much mm. more Chainsaw Man in the second mm. half for some reason. Uh, it's, it fucking rocks. And some of... It, some of the violence, some of the just like depictions of violence in the second half are so fucking gross and gnarly <laughs> that I like, often am just always like turning a page and being like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, ugh, <laughs> it's fucking brutal. I can't wait to see how they do um, this new character that comes in that becomes a, a big threat, I'll say. Mm. Perhaps an explosive threat? Uh, you could say that again, my friend. Heather. Yep. <laughs> what have you been weaving? Well, because this is a show that we do, I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta, I gotta watch something. I, I gotta watch something. So I have something to talk about during this yeah. segment. Gotta watch uh, something. So I threw on, I, I scrolled through the most popular anime on Crunchyroll and found uh, Blue Lock, which is a soccer anime, right? And I'm like, ah, I like Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is essentially a live action soccer anime. So I'm going to love Blue Lock. Get into the show. Super like, oh, it's going to be about team building. It's going to be. I know nothing about Blue Lock going into it. Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I assume it's going to be like fucking Kuroku's basketball or slam dunk or something. Uh, it opens with a, a soccer match where the protagonist loses by passing 
And he's like, ah, I should have taken the shot. Uh, and then he is recruited into Squid Game, but for soccer. Oh, wow. cool. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on. What? This show's fucking great. They, this, this maniac director uh, has uh, sent out invitations to the top 300 high school aged strikers in Japan. They are told you are going to be locked into a facility called Blue Lock. And we are going to eliminate you one by one until we have created a selfish, egotistical striker who is not afraid to take the shot. Because the reason Japan hasn't won the World Cup is we don't have the fucking asshole lead to uh, who's who's like not doing it for the sake of the team, but is doing it because he wants to win the game is how this, this crazy director uh, puts forward the, the, the premise of the show. And he's like, if you don't, if you don't want to ever have the opportunity to be on the Japanese world cup team, you can leave now. But the moment we lock those doors, it you're in the game. And the kid's like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> 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 so this, the they're they're each they're given a number, Squid Game esque number. They're put into these like chambers that like like they're bunking with people. A voiceover is like, or the the director comes over like the intercom and is like, uh, "Remember, these aren't your friends. These are your rivals. Each one of them is going to have to be eliminated, and if you're going to become <laughs> the best striker, Whoa. and it starts with a game." Where inside of this room where our protagonist is, and the character development is so fast and so like right on the note. You got the strong guy, you got the sensitive guy, right. you've got like a sleepy guy, you've got like everybody. You, one of the characters is like got a shaved head, and he's like, "I'm supposed to take over my parents' temple. I don't want to do that. I want to become the best striker in Japan." And then our protagonist, who's like. Am I making the right decision? <laughs> Is this what I believe? Interesting. <laughs> but every time he's pushed to the edge, he's like, no, I am making the right decision. I'm going to destroy one of the people in this room. <laughs> they, they play a game where they have to kick a soccer ball at one another. And the last person hit by the soccer ball. So it is both... Uh, 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 striking and dodging exercise. The last person to hit when a timer runs out will be eliminated and is never allowed to uh, participate in professional level Japanese soccer games ever again. So at first they're like, oh, this is a joke, but then immediately start taking it seriously battle royale style. And like you, you get to the point where the protagonist's eyes are shining and his foot is like glowing blue. And he's like, I have to, to break somebody in this room. I, I I cannot wait to watch Blue Lock again. Who who knew? It comparing it to Battle Royale, but it's not the it's not the 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 Squid Game, Battle Royale, Hunger Games, yeah, uh, Stephen King's The Long Walk. It's not the you're gonna die, right? It's or is it that? Uh I. Uh, or is that, or is that, are we in spoiler country by bringing that up? I, I don't think we're in spoiler country. So far, it's not death. Okay. But I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't uh, put it past. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the show. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I forgot something that I was weaving. What's that? What? I bought the Goku skin in Fortnite. Very cool. And I haven't I haven't booted Fortnite back up, but I bought the Goku skin, and I can't wait to get back in there as my boy Goku. Nothing. I did the same thing. Oh. I I bought I bought V Bucks just to buy the Giannis skin. Uh, Giannis the uh the the NBA superstar. Um. And then I didn't play Fortnite again. And I was just like, I can't. What a stupid fucking purchase. I was just like, oh, I just want to have this skin in case I play Fortnite again. But and it you goes could, away. You, you could have missed it as the thing. It's, that's true. That's the thing. It's the the, the false scarcity that they use. The, yeah. uh, the That's just, it's it has such a potent psychological effect. I say the three of us sometime soon log in. Giannis, Goku. Uh, what, was the, oh, what was the most recent character you bought, Heather? I bought... Sarah Connor from Terminator. <laughs> yeah, the classic, classic team. trio. Yeah, <laughs> team up, get some victory royales. I uh, I've been squatting up with some some peep some some peeps here in Hollywood, and we've been dominating squad games. Wow, victory royale after victory royale. I got um, I I wish you hadn't brought up Fortnite because I can't. I love it so much. It's okay. <laughs> on hey, Twitter, I brought it up. On my on my Twitter feed, I would say daily, some new person is like, I took the the plunge because of your um emphatic praise of Fortnite on the podcast. And I have not stopped playing for a week. And I'm like, welcome, comrade. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Man, that game. Uh, I I I oh I think right before Christmas I I I uh I picked up um the My Hero Academia skin. That's right. Yeah. Also, um, but it's hard to it's hard not to play as Sarah Connor in her outfit that she's gonna go kill a father of of a child in. <laughs> right. <laughs> her well, let's talk. Yeah, yeah, Ariana Grande. <laughs> Yeah, she's like I'm up on I'm up in, on a a mountaintop with a sniper rifle, dressed as Sarah Connor, executing basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, speaking of badass women in the genre of science fiction, let's talk about Evangelion two point two two. You cannot advance. Unbelievable. Two thousand nine. The character director or the character designer uh, Satomoto uh, uh, is interviewed, and he he talks about this new character that's introduced in Evangelion 2.2. He says, "I thought it was fitting that the new film should include a new character. I really strove to design a character who was distinct from Asuka and Rei, though I do worry that there are some small but telling similarities that remain. My idea was to create a character so distinct." from the other Evangelion characters as to almost feel out of place in the Evangelion world. I suppose I could have designed her as sort of a halfway point between Asuka and Rey, but Asuka and Rey are such strong characters in their own separate ways, I wanted to bring something completely different to the table with Mary. For Mary, 
I'd been asked to design a character who goes about with a parasol, sort of like the heroine you'd see in an anime. As I initially designed her, she was very adult-like, having attended a strict private Christian school in Britain. However, in the original script, there's a scene where she returns home to a room full of birds and dogs and begins talking to them to indicate she's also idiosyncratic. Uh... Hideaki Anno had also requested that she's more adult-like in appearance and manner than either Asuka and Rei to set her apart and that she have huge breasts. Wait, is that last part real? Yes. Can you read that full sentence again? I'm just trying to uh, figure it out exactly. <laughs> Hideaki Anno had also requested that she be more adult-like in appearance and manner than either Asuka or Rei to set her apart and that she have huge breasts. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure. They took the note. She talks about it all the time. <laughs> Later on. Um, She's always like, remember me. I'm the one with huge breasts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So what a fucking madman. So... so Come up with this new character, but give her some fucking hangers, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh! It's like both Robert Heinlein and uh, fucking Andrew Dice Clay (laughs) in one brain. (laughs) (laughs) I, look, I, in a way, I'm kind of glad that that Japanese popular media and magazines and and interviews and everything kind of remain a little out of reach for me because the, the aura of mystique around this male director of one of my favorite things ever created by people is it's, I can, I can sort there's like a fog around it. Like, is he a good person? Is he a bad person? Can't really get a sense of it. Yeah. I can watch the documentary about the making of Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, which I did. And I'll be like, wow, I'm watching this dude more than I've ever watched this dude. I, I can, thanks to Amazon Prime, I can watch these these like talk shows where he's interviewed. Yes. Still can't get a real sense of him. Which I'll is say, great because when yeah. sentences like that show up in an interview, I'm like, it's possible he's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I think based on the the character design as drawn, it could have been a lot worse. So I yeah, think they true. went conservative sure. with the no, which is good. Sure. I also want to read an interview with uh, Megumi Ogata, who is the voice of Shinji in both the original show and uh, the Rebuild movies. She talks about the recording of the... Uh, of the uh, Evangelion 2.0 film script, which they did ahead of animation, so they're mm. they're allowed a little bit more freedom in their in their voice acting. Um, the lip flap was animated to anyway. You get the idea. <clears throat> Ogata says uh, it was quite difficult recording for Eva 2.0. Uh, it was split up and done over a period of a few days, and the recording on the last day had me basically shouting the entire time. In the end, I couldn't stay standing anymore and collapsed on the studio floor. And while I was sitting on the ground, the director, Hideaki Anno, came in and sat on the studio floor with me. While sitting, he said, thank you very much. And I replied, thank you too. And we shook hands. This was the first time I got praised 
by Hideakiano. Wow. Then he said two things to me which made me really happy. The first was, thank you for keeping the character's feelings unchanged even after 13 years. And the second was, and on top of that, thank you for adding 13 years of your own experience to the current Shinji. Wow. Wow. Gendo ass. Could, could, could be a bad, bad guy. You, I've heard some things about the recording of the Evangelion movie that I'm like, if that's true, that's, that's not great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also could be, it's, it's the thing of like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm fucking. He's, he's in the zeitgeist again, and you know, it's, it's a, a famously difficult man like James Cameron. Yes. Uh, you know, the that, that's a guy who's like has a reputation of just like, he's like he can be difficult to work with. He can be domineering. Uh, you know, he's softened some in recent years, but he was kind of, he's kind of like a stubborn, you know, uh, just, just sort of, uh, overbearing presence on set. But it's it, it's not that people have a negative characterization of him overall. It's just sort of like that's a that's baked into working with him, and maybe it's one of those situations. Yeah, and of um, course, yeah, like in 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 general, too. I think we can agree that like the people that get a pass for that are men usually, right? So it is sure, like, yeah, one hundred percent. So it, it so it is just one of these things where it's like, yeah, like he's like a huge asshole, but. Look at the screen, baby. You tell me, like you know. What well, I mean? that's yeah. also that's yeah. also a thing that I think has been muted over over time. Yes. Where that used to be just sort of like it used to honestly be viewed as an asset of like, oh yeah, this guy's a fucking you know, like yeah, he puts his foot down. He isn't taking shit from anybody. He'll yeah. fucking scream at you. And and now it's kind of gotten to the point where the difficult men theory of of uh, uh, of auteurs yeah. has kind of turned into okay well yeah you could still treat people with dignity and respect absolutely um, here's here's yeah. here's the little bit of information that i've i've found about hideakiano uh maybe not being a good person <clears throat> during the uh this is from reddit but is uh from a um cites a japanese uh, uh magazine online magazine uh, called Saizo, uh, which, um, all right. <clears throat> During the episode 26 live action cut, the voice actresses play their characters in live action, and Asuka is Toji's flatmate. During the scene, Hideaki Anno wanted Asuka's voice actress to wear nothing but a t-shirt, not even underwear or a bra. Of course, Asuka's voice actress kept refusing, but Anno kept demanding her to do so until her manager stepped in. Anno got pissed for her not understanding his art and stormed out of the room. Apparently, he was obsessed with her to the point that she felt danger, according to this interview. Jesus. So. Yeah, that sounds like it's maybe different. (laughs) (laughs) Not ideal. Yeah. You kind of just wish you knew less about people, to your point earlier, Heather. Just like it. It's nice when it was just like, oh, yeah, that was that's a name on a box. And I don't know anything about that person, but I like what they made Uh, the so so we should talk about the this film and uh you know how where it fits into uh these four films the big difference is and it's different enough to the point where the characters have different names but the big differences seem to be centered around Asuka who in the series is Asuka Langley Soryu and now is Asuka Shikinami Langley so has a little bit of a different name and a certainly a different origin, and it appears to be a different arc, although we're just seeing the first part of this arc in this particular movie. 
We also cold open with a totally new character. We're in uh, a U.S. Russian nerve base, and we're introduced to Mary, uh, who is in Evangelion Unit Five, fighting an angel as it tries to escape this nerve base. Um, she's got like a like a weird VR helmet on. She's got a bunch of tubes in her arms. She's wearing a totally different new kind of plug suit. The Eva is sort of like cobbled together from like weird parts. Um, and she defeats the angel by blowing up this this uh, Evangelion in order to uh, to destroy it. And then we see Kaji. Uh, yes. Kaji's been talking to her during the fight and he, he, he takes off. Um, and we cut to a scene that we've seen before in the series where uh, Shinji and Gendo are at the grave of his dead wife, Yui. Um, uh, we get like a sort of, mm, almost like a harmonized version of that original scene. Like it's mm. similar, but different in that not a lot is revealed that's new to us, but it's not exactly the same content. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, um, can, yeah, I, can I say real quick, because the... I was watching the 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 Japanese audio and uh, with subtitles, obviously. But this movie starts with just spoken English, even yeah. in the Japanese version, and it's very jarring. And there is actually a decent amount of spoken English in the Japanese uh, language version throughout, which is just like you know, it, it's it's I, as someone who speaks English, it's kind of hard to approximate what that would feel like to someone who is a uh, you know, who's watching this in Japan and doesn't speak English, but it, it, there is a good amount of that, and it it does sort of speak to this one. Really, fe- really feels like it's talking about the global scope yeah. of the Evangelion project. Yeah, I I'll tell nerve. you, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, "Do I understand Japanese now? <laughs> <laughs> what happened?" <clears throat> um. We uh, we get the seventh angel, uh, who is immediately destroyed by Asuka. Uh, we uh, we get the um. In the in the original show, Kaji delivers Adam to Gendo, uh, and frozen in sort of bakelite, mm-hmm. and instead, uh, this time he gets like a, he gives him the key of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, which yes. looks like a little, like a little, like when you get those, uh, visible man sort of, uh, nervous system drawings yeah. of a person kind of looks like that. Um, Oscar can, we, can go- we pause on Oscar oh. real quick? Yeah. I, I, I just want to say, this is one of those things where, and we talked about a little bit in last week's episode, but this is one of the things where I think it, it deviates from the series to its detriment. Whereas I really like how Oscar is introduced in the series. Yes. And here it's a li- it's a lot more it, it, it it's a lot quicker. It's a lot more she's just thrown into things and she just kind of is there versus like here's a big moment, here's a big build up of here uh, like oh, we got a new pilot who's coming in from Germany and you know, we meet her on the aircraft carrier and we get to see her kind of just go to work, you know, like on her own as, as an introduction to just sort of see her potency as a pilot. I don't know. I, I I just I feel like this really 
I, I, I just feel like it's really to the uh, to the detriment of of her character and to the series in, in terms of how she's introduced here. Yeah, I, I, I just I just want some more space with a uh, with Oscar, and it, it, it's just like that that little bit more runway to to get into you know uh, uh, introducing us to her. I think the two characters who suffer the most uh, of of sort of the um, evacuation of character in these movies are Masato and Asuka. Sure, um, you lose so much of Masato's depth, and you lose so and Ritsuko too. Yeah. All three of them, like you get you, uh, the the films focus more on the the sort of like lifelessness of Ray and allowing you to project whatever you want on her as a character, and Oscar's trauma and PTSD is like it it becomes like a a, a winky sort of uh, slogany. Like she's she's holding a doll in 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 Misato's apartment and she's like, you know, I don't I don't want to cry or I don't want to be alone or whatever. And that is all of her character depth is sort of uh, jammed into this one sentence. It's a real bummer. Does it come back to a thing that I remember you you talked about when we were taught we're doing our episodes about the series uh, Heather, where where uh, Hideaki Anno w- at a certain point was like, oh, I forgot about Ray, and that's why <laughs> Ray was kind of like not in the series for a little bit, and didn't have a lot going on with her. Is this kind of like a? a do you think that there's maybe a response to that of just like, well, I should give Ray some more to do, but as a result, the rest suffered. I don't know. Uh, I don't know uh, why introduce. Uh, look, spoiler alert. You know about as much about Mary as as we do at the end of the fourth movie. <laughs> Why introduce her in this film if she's going to be essentially just like doing some cryptic action and whistling or singing and then and then you don't know anything else. She feels superfluous. She does. Mm. She feels she feels super super superfluous. I like her. Of course you fucking <laughs> <clears throat> so uh we get to um where i don't even remember oscar's moving in with Asuka's, uh with shinji yeah. and misato oscar oscar's moving in with shinji and misato uh she's she uh she plays with the doll she's like i'll always be alone it's like wow that's all of oscar's character backstory yeah. is, is right there there that it is thing is a bummer to me because that's sort of like that's that's the bad thing remakes do, right? Where it's sort of like, hey, if you know what this is, you know what this is, kind of. But I'm not going to tell you more than that. You you already know. We're not going to explain this. We already we got you know a lot to cover. Uh, and I just think it's it you know what you said, what Nick's been saying, and what you said in the last episode. That depth is so important to the character, and it sucks that. Uh, it couldn't just be included. The movie's long anyway. Yeah, just as put it a, in as an action movie. Lots of cool shit in it. L- really lots of cool, cool shit. shit. But as a as a Evangelion like, uh, mm-hmm. I watch Evangelion for character stuff as well as action, and this yeah. 
has uh, swung the pendulum a lot farther towards just like, holy shit, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know who these people are. And yeah, in um, this, in this, you get the reprise of the uh, Shinji nudity, but with Asuka, and that wasn't there before. And it's weird. I think it's weird to add it, but it's like on top of that, what we were talking about last week, where it's like the more things like this happen, you're sort of like, why is this happening still? Yeah, it's 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 clearly a direct callback. It's yeah, the, the same framing as the and the same gag as what happens with um with Shinji. Yeah. Uh, only it's a straw occluding uh her private parts when when the can is removed. Yeah. Um kind of like just arcs up as like a you know in a, in a right angle and covers up her Yeah. uh you know her not her naughty bits. But then there's like a lot of like it's there's just something to I don't know. I mean So then Shinji is just seeing her nude. And, and that yeah. like speaks to like I don't know that just like that that really like okay for a boy that age or for any like a teenager of any gender of that age like seeing like someone who you maybe have feeling with feelings for completely dude like that completely changes and it kind of like it sounds like it's a minor thing because it's just like played for comedy here and she like fucking roundhouse kicks him in the face um, which is also just another way to get more fan service uh, yeah but but it's like. But that does like alter your perception of somebody and might develop into a fixation. And so it's uh, it, like almost like 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 this thing that's included as like a like a comedic like relief like kind of throwaway thing. Like to me is just like kind of like this kind of alters the psychology of Shinji. I think like I could see someone having at uh, like at that age having that that incident it being formative and that's what's resulting in them having an obsession with this person having feelings towards them. It's, yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe also, I'm overthinking it. It's no, I don't think you are because I think that Shinji seeing Ray nude in the first film and in the yes. series does affect his relationship with Ray. Like it it makes him close off so intensely and like he's so he's constantly apologizing so much that Ray comments on it. You know, like in yeah, in, right. And, and so that moment being played for realism, and then the next uh, co-pilot being played for laughs, you would expect there to be like some psychological repercussion that would affect that relation. And it's nothing. There's nothing there. It's just like the it, it, it's. It's titillating and doesn't affect the plot, which, again, is the thing that I like about Eva is how everything affects things, right? Yes. I, I, I totally agree, and I think that the characterization kind of just suffers generally, but, you know, another thing I like about Eva, cool shit to look at, and yeah. the sequence where they go to the, the, the whatever, the maritime preservation zone. Yep. The fucking, the, 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 because, you know, the ocean is red in the rebuild, uh, but they have like a section of ocean that's like a contained sort of a you know open air aquarium that they go to visit, and I was like, this is a fucking cool world building. I love that. I love this shit. Yes. Yeah, I I like that they address that the ocean is red, like it, it as opposed to it just being like a a visual stylistic choice. It's like no, the fucking ocean is ruined. Yeah. Uh so here's what we have to do in order to to keep ocean life alive all that sh- all that shit works for me it's great yeah it's fucking that's that's a cool sequence and i love I aquariums also, <laughs> yeah me too we also get a bit of 
I think Ray talks about being vegetarian in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're all having their lunches, like you, you get a little bit of of cool shit. Um, which is in the series too, right? Yep. Like when they go out for ramen, she's like, "I don't eat meat. I dislike meat." Uh, yeah. But then we we join Fuyutsuki and Gendo on the moon. <laughs> kind of love it. <laughs> kind of like them going to the moon. Like, okay, okay, more moon of stuff. Them fucking go to the moon. Yeah. Uh, Here's my take. See... Moon is the new goo. <laughs> <laughs> And they see Kaoru sitting without a like without a spacesuit or anything, just like hanging out on top of one of these Eva- Evangelion units. And he says something to Gendo, right? Yeah. He he's like he's like he calls him dad. I think the line is, "I'm pleased to meet you, father." Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that we will be. You know, we'll figure out what that means as the movie. Yeah. We won't. <laughs> I, I, we don't. I could extrapolate what I think it means, but I think it's that's a later conversation because we have to then talk about the like totality of what it is. I think. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. I don't know if we'll get back to it because I. Kind of don't care enough to be like, I got to remember this, but I have so, an idea. We get our eighth angel who is going to drop onto Tokyo 3, and we get the same plan from Misato as before. Uh, the Eve is going to run up, catch it, uh, and then destroy it. Um, I really it's... don't love how they've redesigned this Eve. Some of them, the redesigns work. This one, the the angel, I just like, I, I, <laughs> To me, it's it's just not as appealing as what's in the series. Yeah, I'll get uh, sure. That's kind of that's the, fine. Kind of the RGB sort of colorway to it. It just like it feel it doesn't Ruth really fit in with it. Yeah, notorious RBG. <laughs> it does. It, it just doesn't. It, it, I I don't know. I'm 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 probably being nitpicky. It just it just doesn't sit in visually as well. Nitpicky. Yeah, I'm being nitpicky. If. Evangelion is just Hideakiano metatext. And Gendo represents the original series and the original ways of the original show. The fact that Gendo, after this, praises Shinji, and we know that it's also the first time that the director has praised the voice actress. <laughs> Makes you feel like this is like a very large piece of performance art. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting, huh? <laughs> uh, we see a sort of inversion, not inversion, a, a, a mirror image, harm, harmony. What would you? What would you? An f- echo, perhaps. An echo. Mm. There we go. We see an echo of a scene from the series when Asuka that night is unable to sleep. Uh, she enters into Shinji's room. This was a scene that happened after they had been dance training mm-hmm. in uh, in the original show. But in this uh, film, it is because she couldn't face the angel by herself. Um, and uh, they have a conversation uh, where she's like, you know, why do you pilot the Eva? And he's like, uh, my dad praised me 
when I did it. Yeah. Yep. And that's enough for him. Yep. And then we see a creepy fucking dinner with Ray and Gendo. Oof. Oof. Yikes. Really strange. I mean, it's, it's you know, they're really sort of... It's taking it further, the idea of, and and I guess part of it is that 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 the creators are like, okay, the viewer has likely seen the series and knows who Ray is, yes, and so understands this weird fetishization mm-hmm. that Gen- that Gendo has of the character. I mean, it's like slash slash, you know, like like obsession attachment. Because of, yeah. of who Ray represents, who Ray is a, effectively a reincarnation of. Well, let's, I mean, like, so Ray but is. But it's weird. Ray is, a, if, imagine you're the kind of person who clones your dead wife and then is mm-hmm. raising her as a kid. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, at some point, you're going to be like, well, I, I'm going to, I'm I'm probably going to fall in love with this, this clone. <laughs> so he's, like, definitely a groomer. Yes. But also, it's taking place in a film where the director cloned the the show, and is like having a dialogue with the show, uh, where he's that's like, "Can we move past Evangelion? What is my relationship to Evangelion?" While we're seeing this dramatized, almost. Yes. Like Evangelion has been fetishized by the public in a way mm. that Gendo is fetishizing Ray as his dead wife. Um I'm still I'm still on board the rebuilds here cuz I'm like boy, okay. There's some there's some, maybe some stuff that I could like parse for a while. Sure. Like, really really deconstruct but yeah, it's maybe al- saying something. But yeah. almost immediately after that, we get a scene that says, nope, no, there's, back off. Don't look too deeply into this because Shinji's on a rooftop hanging out at school when a new character literally parachutes in. Like, <laughs> and- This scene is, this scene's fucking weird. Go on. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. She, she- <laughs> crashes into him in her in her little British schoolgirl uniform and then is like, oh, you smell like LCL. And she's like up in his business uh, in a in a sexually forward way that none of the characters have, have ever been to Shinji. Um, and uh, that's the scene. It, this is this is so. Fan servicey, like it's like she like she lands on him, her breasts which are uh, gigantic which which Hideakiano <laughs> insisted on enlarging are like 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 in gorgeous face and then she gets up and she's like looking for something and her and is just like waving her ass at the camera it's like it's really like it's just oh it's just overtly sexualizing her immediately I forgot I forgot to say in the in the scene previous because I because I uh fork in the road my own brain fork in the roaded sure um mm. is that yeah, why not? ray and gendo are having a meal together and ray's like we got to have a, a a dinner party with shinji and gendo you should come and he's like all right 
And that's important because in the next scene, Ray is learning how to cook. Yes. Uh, as we develop Ray's character as best we can, she's cutting her fingers. She's trying, she's like prepping to impress Shinji. She sent, Ray sends out invitations. Like, there's something we never saw that character doing before. Before it was like, thank you. Words I've never said. Words I've never even said to him. What is the moon? What is a flower? And here she's like, I, I'm going to use a knife and make vegetables. <laughs> it, it's 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 like kind of like interesting to add to Ray's character death, but it's also like a plot that would be on a multicam sitcom. You know, yeah. what I mean, like, 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 we gotta have a, we gotta have a dinner party to bring the father and son together. Yes. you know, and like, I'm gonna learn how to cook. It's just, it's, it's a little, I like, I'm, I'm all right with it. I'll, I'll go along with it. But it's a, I don't know. It's, 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 you know what? It's a little thin in the same sense that the there's just basically no coincidence, no justification for Mari uh, arriving uh, on top of Shinji other than coincidence, right? Like, was she trying to parachute into? the school or did she just happen to land there? I think she, she says that she landed in the wrong place. Yes. So (laughs) she's very strange. Uh, Everyone makes mistakes. I think she's well within her right to make a mistake. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) So, uh, we see similar to the series that, uh, the American nerve base is destroyed. Uh, and Evangelion Unit 3 is then brought to, uh, Japan, uh, because of, uh, because this base has been destroyed. And there's this really cool detail that I love where, uh, they're not allowed to have more than three active EVA units in the same country. Love uh, this shit. Uh, because of the Vatican Treaty. And I'm like, fuck, yes. Okay. Yeah. uh, All right. I'm in. Um. But uh, that that means that they're going to have to shut down Asuka's Evangelion, which there's so much plot motivation for that choice in the in the series. But here it's been like good teamwork. You guys, you guys beat an angel. Now we're going to freeze you for it doesn't track from moment to moment. And it's a little disappointing. Asuka's pissed off about it. She confronts Ray in an elevator uh, and then uh, asks Ray what Sh- Shinji is to her, which is, I think, a surrogate for the audience trying to be like, what are the relationships between these yeah. characters? <laughs> and then she gets jealous and storms off. Oh, man. Did we, did we get to the, the Kaji watermelons yet? Because there is the watermelon scene. I don't um, think I don't think we're there. Was that coming up yet? Okay, I think that's coming up. It, I, I just wonder whenever we get there, I'll I'll just say it now because the I, I there's a meme in the Reddit community, the Reddit Evangelion fandom, that I was that I learned of after we did our series, which is that I guess some people would seem to say seem to be implying that uh, Kaji fucks the watermelons, like that's his real <laughs> his real passion, his real love is the watermelons, which means he literally fucks them. Yeah, American Pie style. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. We get a, I, I mean, we do have a scene with Kaji and Misato where they're having dinner and drinks, uh, and uh, he's talking about the Human Instrumentality Project, or or she's asking him about it, 
uh, and she's bummed out that they have to test Evangelion 3 the same day as Ray's holding this dinner party. Um, Again, it's fucking multicam sitcom shit. Yeah. Uh, Asuka. I got, I got my, the big presentation is the same day as the, the fancy dinner party. I'm going to do both. The, I'll do both of these things at once. Asuka decides to be the pilot and skips the dinner party, which we can take as like, she's jealous of Ray and Shinji, but also like in the series, the pilot of this thing is Toji. And when, mm, yes. and when Shinji destroys this Eva, we, the audience are dramatically invested because we know they're friends. Whereas, awesome moment. whereas in the, sh- the movies, Asuka and Shinji don't really have that relationship yet. So the dramatic tension is lessened. It's we it thinned out. Yeah. It, it it only works because we, the audience, are like, we know who Asuka is. So we're watching it and we're like, oh fuck, it's Asuka this time. But that's not a that's not a dramatic experience. It's it's one of like swapping out different colored pieces in a Lego build. Like, uh, that's a re- that's a really great characterization. Heather. Sorry, finish your thought. That's it. I, I was. I, I. It's a really good characterization. Just just swapping out different pieces, and it reminds me of. And this is this is a thing I overall liked. Um, and I, I won't say any spoilers here, but there's some of that that happens in in Final Fantasy VII remake, where it's like okay, major plot points, major things that happen to characters that you remember from the original game. And they've, you know, they've kind of changed the players in the players in terms of the, the you know, like the the players on the stage, uh, not the player of the game, in the in the work, um, in the text, in the remake. And it really only has any sort of impact if you know the original work. And then when you really think about it, it just seems like a change for a sake of a change. A lot of these changes are as if answering a question, why remake the thing? Mm, right? Interesting. And... And it's it, they're these forced motivations and forced choices that are answering a question where the answer is you don't need to remake the thing. And if sure. if if you are repositioning plot elements to justify the existence of the thing of the scene, then then it's not that then it's kind of a pointless choice. It doesn't increase the dramatic tension. It just lets you know that the author of the thing knows that you know that it was different. And is like, it's it's almost like conceptual fan service. Yeah, I it's I don't know. It's a, there's a very heady reading of it where you could be like, wait, by doing this, he's trying to say like, ah, oh, yeah, see, don't you see the original was correct you know i don't know when we change it <laughs> um there i i, I do want to reference because you know we, we talk about the fan service a lot we also talk about oscar's character kind of gets a short shrift um or, or at least seems to be altered to to be a little less less interesting and have a little bit less depth in this particular film uh but got more fan service including a see a, a scene where she's cooking in a, an apron and just a bra yeah um which is just like what, like what, what is this why is this in here for bad idea uh, in general yes yeah <laughs> i guess if it's really hot in the kitchen yeah um but 
Yeah, and then also like she like it's kind of a weird domestication of both her and Ray, where they they're both like like Asuka here is cooking something for. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm gonna cook something, and it's like I'm cooking something. Well, it's for idiot Shinji, so he probably wouldn't want this much flavor. But then it's like, wait, so both of these characters, I guess, are just cooking something for Shinji to kind of show. I don't know. It's I, 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 I'm just not quite sure why what what it tried to say here. Uh, but I do like that 53 minutes and we finally get the title card. I love I, <laughs> yeah. I love that about the Evangelion films. <laughs> Give me the title halfway through. It's a great choice. Well, doesn't she? Is is this the scene where she uh, she also gets the new plug suit? Or is that, that comes a little later? That I comes think. a little later. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, so Shinji faces uh this uh possessed Eva by himself uh scared to harm the pilot he's being choked Gendo says activate the dummy system Shinji watches as it destroys uh Eva 3 instead of crushing the um the the the, the I can't even think of the the cor- the what is the Plug, the, the plug, plug. Yeah, that. Yeah, the Instead of plug, crushing yeah. it, it bites it, and you're like, oh, uh-oh. But then Asuka's fine. So why put her in the... Why do it? What does it add? Yeah. What does it change? It changes nothing and subtracts drama. <sighs> Nice sequence where Misato gets a phone call uh, in the bathtub, standing up, <laughs> ass to camera, completely dude. Yeah. Really cool. Slow tilt. Um, cool cool shot. There was a cool thing in one of the fights before um, where Eva 01 is like running on. It's one of those scenes where the, um, the CG, I think, is set really well with the animation, mm-hmm. where like these like metal walls sort of like come up and sort of make like a ramp and yep. um Eva 01 Shinji is running on the uh, alongside of it Prince of Persia style and it fucking rocked <laughs> it was so cool there's lots of cool shit in these movies yeah. i mean that i think we're kind of harping on what's what's bothering us and you know uh but you know like like look there's a there's a part where Gendo is like talking to, you know, Seal and they're talking like an audio only. And then it cuts from a black room to like, he's just basically sitting in a giant green screen as like, oh, it's kind of, it's cool to see that that's what that space looks like with all the fucking, uh, you know, video effects turned off. He's just essentially sitting in a giant sound stage. Um, I, I, yeah, I love anytime we see Kaji do something behind the scenes. I'm just always like, what's he up to? Why is he in this fucking giant server room filled with cables? Uh, you know, smoking a cigarette by himself. What that like? All that shit is great. And like, like you were talking about, some of the big action set pieces are 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 still really cool in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a fucking awesome action sequence coming up in this mm-hmm. episode. Yes. Um, I don't know where we are in the plot though. Where were we? Where there's a ten thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Shinji's like, I'm not gonna pilot anymore. Yes. This is where I think you get your watermelon scene. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gendo's like, you need to grow up. And Shinji's like, fuck you. 
Uh, <laughs> and it is so much more direct and forceful than in the series. Like you see, you begin to feel a shift in Shinji in this yeah. movie. And you're like, oh shit, he's being activated. Like, what is it going to be like to watch a third movie where Shinji has made choices? Like, right. we talked about Last Jedi in the last episode of this. It's like, wow, what's going to happen to Kylo who has already killed the the sequel trilogy's uh, emperor? You know, like, yeah. where's the character going to go? And in this, we see an, a, a, a self-actualized Shinji start to, you know, start to evolve and start to take command of situations. So, fuck. So fucking excited. You know? Uh, in the next one, I don't want to spoil it, there is a line where it's like, somehow Lilith returned. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the tenth angel shows up, uh, which is such a badass fucking angel. Mm -hmm. Doesn't give a shit about anything. Fucking Rex House, uh, and uh, Mari uh, is like, "Well, I'm gonna have to pilot Eva Evangelion two, and heads in after the tenth angel because you know she's like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore, right?" Mm -hmm. Um, she can't, she can't take it down. And so she enters a secret code into the Eva pilot, uh, interface and makes it go beast mode. Yes. Yes. And like restraints pop out of its shoulders. Its jaw unhinges. It hunches down and becomes feral and attacks the angel with like, grotesque animalistic like it's no longer the the like person like eva it's like a an animal like eva yeah it's fucking awesome um they could they can't uh they can't take it down ray does the uh like she's got an n2 mind she's gonna commit suicide jam it into the thing that doesn't work um and we see that Ray, so Mari's, Mari crashes into Shinji's shelter and they watch as the 10th angel sort of is attacking uh, the Ray's Eva. Um, Shinji. Another just coincidence, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's another Mari Shinji, uh, like whatever, maybe, maybe coincidences happen because of there's some fucking. Nope. Cosmic connection between the characters, but it does feel like a little no. bit of a cheat. I mean, if there was, then they'd they'd tell us. Yeah. In the, but they don't. Just happens. <laughs> Random. <laughs> um. So, uh, Shinji runs back to Nerve, and yell, yells at his dad, "I'm I'm the fucking pilot of of Unit." One, let me pilot it. He gets inside, stops the uh, 10th angel uh, and runs out of power, just like in the show, loses his arm. Um, she, Ray has been ingested into the angel at this point. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Um, and in 
the darkness of the entry plug, we see Shinji look up and instead of like in this series, this this moment is played as him begging the Eva to move, like, please move, please move, please move, please move. If you don't move, everybody's going to die. Please, 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 please just move. But in this Shinji, Shinji's eyes go red and he shouts, give me back Ayanami. Uh, mm-hmm. it, his Eva reactivates, and as a viewer, despite all the f- f- uh, flaws that I'm finding in the in the films as they as they happen, I'm like, yeah, all right, we're we're gonna see a totally different Shinji from this point forward. He knows exactly what he wants. He's not he's not asking for something that can prevent another thing from happening. He's saying, I want this, and I'm gonna do it. Um. It's kind of a kind of a Neo at the end of the Matrix sort of moment. Yeah, you know, like it's just like, oh, okay, his powers now transcend. Yep. Uh, what they once were. Uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting. It's like I do his arm being rebuilt in the original series. I thought was one of the coolest pieces of animation. Yeah. Just like like just seeing that all come back together, and here it's like a little instead of being like kind of organic and mechanical, it just, it's more geometric. Yeah. Um, and I think it kind of works, but it's just one of those things where it just, again, feels like a change for a change's sake. Yeah. It's also made out of, it seems to be made out of energy. Yeah, like it, pure energy. Yeah. Or concentrated LCL or something. I don't know what exactly it is. Yeah. So uh, he, the Eva has eye lasers and uses eye lasers, uh, cuts open the core of the angel, and then Shinji in the quantum realm or the energy realm is uh is trying to pull the spirit of ray out of the angel uh she's like don't 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 do it i can be i can be replaced and he's like no you can't be replaced i'm going to fucking save you uh the animation is getting wild and and sort of like mm-hmm. sketched out we're hearing uh uh a countertextual song that's just like a, a lighthearted like song about friendship, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh <laughs> everything's and turning red, everything- giant circles are appearing in the sky. Yeah. Uh Ray is like, I'm sorry I couldn't I couldn't do anything different. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay, Ray. It's okay. Uh the angel turns into a giant ray, kind of like in the end of Evangelion, and here I am in The Last Jedi, and fucking Snoke is dead, and it's the second movie, and I'm like, oh, no, wow, we're going someplace new. Um, yes. The, uh, the Eva gets a halo, uh, and Misato and Nerve are like, oh, fuck, it's third impact, it's happening. It's the end of Evangelion, it's happening right now because of Shinji wanting to save Rey. And then all of the sudden, Kaoru's Eva throws a lance from the sky, impales Unit 1, stopping Third Impact. Uh, and as he descends from the sky, he says, uh, the promised time has come. This time, I'll be sure to show you happiness. Which... As a cliffhanger, I'm fu- I'm like, fuck, yeah. here we fucking go. We've got an actualized 
Shinji. We have a meta, a meta textual Kaoru who's like, I remember the first show. I remember what went wrong. We're going to fucking break the cycle. We have the statements from the directors who are like, we know where it's going and our goal is to bring you a completely new Evangelion experience. We have all of this like momentum. It's an avalanche racing towards the third film. We have a trailer for uh for the next for the next movie which has a ton of fucking shit in it that looks awesome. Maybe it's good. Are these good? Maybe they're good. But I'm going to I'm going to spoil the next episode of of the show that we're recording and also uh-huh. set Nick in the right place. Okay, great. That fucking trailer for all that cool shit, none of it happens. <laughs> Not a single moment from that fucking trailer exists. I kind of like that. I have a no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quote. Hold on. Let me find the quote. Where the fuck is this quote? I have a quote about uh, the production of uh, of even the third Evangelion movie. <clears throat> Evangelion Q, the third film, is going to be released before when we thought it would be. Uh, Studio Kara has changed the schedule. We've gathered the staff. There's no limit in budget. Uh, And the producer says, Q is complete in 2010. uh, And and it will appear in theaters in summer of 2010. And that doesn't happen. Mm. And none of the scenes from that trailer happen. So there is a mystery at the heart of the Evangelion rebuilds. And it's what changed in between Evangelion 2 and Evangelion 3. Feels like you're setting up a serial-style investigation. This is a collect call from Kaoru. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that last scene so much um, because just, yeah, the... The phrasing this time is so telling for what we're watching already and what's to come. Uh, And I think just the idea that characters know that it's happened before is just interesting. Yeah. And that, that idea that it's happened before to me is sort of what I like about the rest of them, but you know, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. I mean, you know, death and rebirth and that's like, kind of like, but the thing is called a rebuild. So I, yes. I, I get that. I mean that the final, the final line of this film is the world is ending. I like that choice. Yeah. The, the whole thing where, where, you know, where Shinji is reaching into like kind of reaching into a void and yeah. Um, 
Ray is in there and kind of, you know, like she's she's like nude and all white with just red eyes. And Shinji like reaches his arm in there. And as he's reaching in, he's like all white. But that white flesh is like flaking away and turning red. It's just like all that shit like looks so fucking uh, dynamic. And and it's it's it, you know, it, it's gripping visually. It all kind of speaks to the central relationship in this you know, it feels like so much of it is like, and and we see that the way that that the events of End of Evangelion and the way that film ends, it's like, oh, this is all centered around, and the series kind of generally is centered around the relationship between Shinji and Asuka, and in the rebuild, at least the two films that I've seen, it feels like it's centered more about Shinji and Rei, uh, and that certainly is like what the, the stakes here, the stakes of this thing are just like Shinji is like, you know, going all in and sacrificing everything to rescue Ray in the same way that his father has done. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's just an, it's an interesting change. That's maybe lateral, maybe worse. I don't fucking know, but it's a change. Yeah. I think there's, I don't, well, I don't want, I don't even want to say what I was about to say. I just know that the, in the next in the next one, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll talk about that next week. And you know what else? When we finish this mini-series of the four Evangelion rebuilds, we are going to collect your thoughts. So if you have any thoughts on this film, uh, on the first two films, or in the series at large, if you want to compile those, we'll have some reactions from you, the listeners, these i'm really interested to hear from people who like love these because i know there is a there is a faction of the fandom that absolutely uh stands the rebuilds and and if that's you hey man chime in i want to know guys (laughs) oh boy heather it's okay we we got animated it seems like we can advance (laughs) <laughs> actually so 